Ed Peters, and on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We move on today in Acts chapter 5 to verses 33 through 39. In these verses, Luke gives us the response of the Sanhedrin to the Apostles' defense and introduces us to Gamaliel, an outstanding man, greatly respected. He was the teacher of the Apostle Paul, by the way. Here now is what Luke writes. At this, the council was furious and decided to kill them. But one of their members, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, an expert on religious law and very popular with the people, stood up and requested that the apostles be sent outside the council chamber while he talked. Then he addressed his colleagues as follows. Men of Israel, Take care of what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago, there was that man, Thutis, who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed and his followers were harmlessly dispersed. After him, at the time of the taxation, there was Judas of Galilee. He drew away some people as disciples, but he also died and his followers scattered. And so, my advice is, leave these men alone. If what they teach and do is merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to stop them, lest you find yourselves fighting even against God. Oh, 
Gamaliel was the most famous Jewish teacher of his time and traditionally listed among the heads of the schools. He was moderate in his views, a characteristic that is apparent in his cautious recommendation on this occasion. Now here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. Peter and the other disciples appear before the Sanhedrin, the High Court of Israel. Peter has just spoken in defense of Jesus, whom the Sanhedrin crucified and whom God exalted. When the court heard this, Luke writes, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a while. Then he addressed them, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thutis appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Strange turn of events. The Sadducees were furious and were ready to kill the disciples, perhaps by stoning. But a Pharisee intervened on their behalf. His point was clear. If this movement was of God, it would prosper in spite of any action by the Sanhedrin. And if it was not of God, then it would fail. The Pharisees were in the minority in the Sanhedrin. But Gamaliel was highly respected and honored and listened to. One tradition identifies him as a disciple and successor of Hillel, as the head of the school of Hillel. Earlier traditions, however, speak of Gamaliel as head of a school founded by himself and named after him. Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle, was one of Gamaliel's students. This man now got the attention of the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin and presented this argument. He was a Pharisee. The word Pharisee comes from a Hebrew word meaning to separate. So a Pharisee was a separatist. The roots of the Pharisees can be traced to the second century B.C. to a group called the Hasidim. This was a group of pious Jews who resisted the Hellenization of Israel. When the Maccabeans revolted against Rome and the terrible atrocities of Antiochus Epiphanes, the Hasidim found themselves in full support. But when the Maccabeans captured the temple and religious freedom was restored, the Hasidim separated themselves from the Maccabeans, or the Hasmoneans. Actually, many sects came from this group, and one of these was the sect of the Pharisees. Josephus mentions them first in about 145 B.C. While the Sadducees were mostly from the aristocracy, the Pharisees came mostly from the middle class, the merchants, the businessmen, the tradesmen of their day. They were particularly interested in preserving the Torah, the Law of Moses. 
they felt that the best way to accomplish this was to build a set of rules around it so that none of it would be broken. This was their way of hedging in the law. A great deal of oral law and tradition arose as a result. The Sadducees felt that this was actually a threat to the law. The Pharisees also believed in a future after death. They believed in the immortality of the soul, which the Sadducees denied. The Pharisees taught that after death there were rewards and retributions. Since they spoke of the soul moving into another body after death, according to Josephus, it appears that they believed in the resurrection, something the Sadducees too couldn't accept. The Pharisees also held a mediating view between man's free will and God's sovereign determinism. Rabbi Akiba later put it this way, All is foreseen, but freedom of choice is given. With regard to angels and demons, the Pharisees accepted that such personal beings were arranged in a hierarchy in two opposing camps. The Sadducees believed that such views came from Babylon or Persia. Actually, much of what the Pharisees believed and taught is admirable and right. Unfortunately, we have often been occupied by much of their vices, and that has obscured their good points. Then why did Jesus speak so strongly to them in Matthew 23, where he called them a brood of vipers who wouldn't escape the sentence of hell? Jesus had several problems with the Pharisees. One was their hedge around the law, their tradition, which supposedly was to protect the law, but which Jesus said actually nullified the law. Since they became more concerned about obeying their traditions than the law itself. Furthermore, Jesus berated them for their hypocrisy and their pretentiousness. There was a gap between their profession and their practice, and this Jesus couldn't accept. God wants consistency between word and deed. What we profess, we must also live. That is essentially true for Christians. It was always true of Jesus, whose resurrected life we share. Teardrop When in darkness You cry 
Jesus, I give you my heart and my soul. I know that without God, I'd never be new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.